Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the Silver King's letters from November of 1944 and his posting at A-72 north of Paris. It's Mid-November, as the Silver King writes to his family on November 13, 1944. Dearest ones, this was a swell day. I received two letters written November 1 and 3, the first mail I've had at this APO, and the first mail in four days. I can't express my appreciation fully enough to make you know what the mail means. Each day I look forward to it with such anxiety that if it doesn't come, the disappointment is terrible. With this thought, I do hope you'll continue to write often. I'm surprised my letter took 14 days to get there. The Xmas rush must have had the mail screwed up at both ends. Thanks a million for the stamps. They are worth their weight in gold. Now I can do a little more writing. No None of your boxes have arrived. I imagine it will be some time before they do. Anyhow, I'll thank you now for them. I shall be looking forward to them eagerly. The food situation hasn't changed much. The meals are good, but not quite enough. It's between meals that we get hungry. That's the main reason why I have asked for food. We have found a way to somewhat remedy the situation. There is a small town about seven miles from here, which we go to on a bicycle. For soap and cigarettes, we can trade for bread, butter, and eggs. Everything is rationed to the civilians. But soap can get us almost anything. The French people are crazy about the stuff. I also bought this stationery there. The card and clothes came from there, too. It caught my eye since it was in English. And two, it expresses my sentiments a little. I'm glad you're all well. I sort of expected to learn about Leona's new arrival. She must be terribly anxious. So am I. So be sure to let me know as soon as it happens. Sounds like you're having a swell time in Chicago. I envy you having the Bailey's dinner. I can just imagine what all you had. Dad, I hope it isn't too lonesome for you with Mother away. I'm sure Ida is taking good care of you. In all your spare time now, that is, not having Lipseed these days to take you out, why not drop me a few lines? I would like very much to hear from you, and I can promise a prompt answer. The weather hasn't been too bad lately. At least it has stopped raining. My number of missions still rests at two. This afternoon we went to the town, so I've fairly tired from pumping the bicycle. The exercise did me good, though, so sleeping until noon every day is making me too lazy. No more news for now. I'll write again soon, and you do the same. Keep well. Regards to everyone. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, is grateful as ever for all the letters he's getting from the States. And he 
continues to express concern about his sister Leona and the arrival of her second child, as he writes to his family on November 15, 1944. Dearest ones, received your very sweet letter of October 16 yesterday, along with five others. It was my biggest mail since being here, and surely made me feel good. Of course, it was all old mail, but a very welcome indeed. Besides yours, I received letters from Leona and Sylvia, the YMHA Bulletin, a fraternity brother, and Edie. Truly, it was a grand day, and sort of made up for today, as there wasn't any at all. Also, a few boxes came in for the fellows. My boxes should be coming along any day now. The letters from Leona and Aunt Sylvia were very sweet. Leona is sweet to write so often. I shall write her again soon, but I'm waiting to hear the good news. I'm really sorry now I didn't get to see Aunt Sylvia. I'll write her to explain why as well as soon as I can. I noticed a Mrs. Joe Roseland lost her father, and it was written up in the bulletin. I sincerely hope it wasn't Dodie's. If it was, please extend my condolences. I'm surprised you didn't write me about it. You'll be interested to know that it has been four years since I had heard from this fraternity brother of mine. He got the address I had at Carlsbad from Dick Bayard. It so happened that he and Dick are at the same GI radio school in South Dakota. Evidently, Dick never received his commission because when they finish the school, they will become a part of the air crew. The news of Sonia's engagement was certainly a surprise. No, I don't know him. Congratulate her for me. I'm glad Aunt Lena is fine now. I haven't written her as yet, but I will do so soon. There is no more news here. The weather is still wet. Keep well and keep writing. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley's writing reveals his special interest in two favorite aunts, Lena and Sylvia, and he, of course, feels bad about not being able to see Aunt Sylvia in New York City as he prepared to leave for Europe. And he writes to his family on November 17, 1944. Dearest ones, I've been disappointed because there hasn't been any mail the last two days. However, I did receive a Beth L. Bulletin today. I noticed you made a contribution in memory of Mrs. S. Adelson. Who is that? The name isn't familiar at all. Albert Sugarman's letter, which was attached, was interesting. He writes very well. I must tell you about the feast we had last night for Midnight Brunch. In the afternoon, we rode to the small town and were lucky in securing something we haven't had since leaving the States. With a little bargaining and soap, we got steaks from the butcher, onions from the grocer, and bread from the baker. From a field, we got potatoes. With these ingredients, we cooked steaks and french fries. You can't imagine how much we enjoyed it. Of course, it couldn't be compared with that of Ida's, but I would say it was the next best thing to it. A meal like that about once a week 
and we wouldn't have any complaints whatsoever. I'm feeling as fine as ever, hoping this finds you the same. Not knowing as yet how Leona made out leaves me still up in the air. Mother, I suppose you're still in Chicago, probably having a grand time taking care of the kids. If so, Dad, I hope you're not too lonesome. I'm sure Ida is taking care of you. I envy you. There isn't much to write about. I'm waiting anxiously to get to Paris to do some shopping, and my baggage hasn't come yet, and there is plenty which I need badly. I'll try to write again tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Please keep writing. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley relates how resourceful he and his guys are, foraging in town and finding a steak and making some french fries. And, of course, he's getting ready for Paris, as he writes to his family on November 19, 1944. Dearest ones, just a note to let you know I'm fine, thinking of you and hoping you're well. There hasn't been any mail for three days. It seems to come in spurts when it does come. I'll be glad when the Xmas rush is over, as that must be holding it up. I've got my third one in now. The weather was beautiful today, almost like a spring day. It will probably start raining again tomorrow. My pilot is flying first pilot now, so our whole crew is together again. I'm glad it's that way because I was afraid I might get stuck with some jerk. I got my PX rations today. They are a little better, four packs of cigarettes and four bars of candy. I'll be glad when your packages begin arriving. I'm sorry this has to be so short. There really isn't any news to speak of. I just wanted you to hear so you wouldn't worry. Please keep well and write often. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley is happy to report his third mission as Thanksgiving approaches, and even better news is that his pilot is flying first pilot, which means that the entire crew is back together again. Our hero understates, of course, the importance of being back with his crew as he becomes a veteran of the air. And as we finish the second part of his letters from A-72 in November of 1944. And you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs> 